Glory to God. All right. So let's open in our Bibles, if you will, to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. We're talking today about praying for the nation. And we talked earlier when we opened up our day service, we were talking about the things that are in the earth right now, if you don't know God, are pretty scary. I mean, they are terrifying to the natural man, the one that doesn't have God on the inside. And so we're going to teach you a, a principle from God's Word, and then we're going to do it. Um, because sometimes, a lot of times with me, the way the Lord works is we teach it and we do it. And that helps you to walk in it yourself uh, when you're not with us, you know. And I admonish you, what, what you learn here today, uh, and you can go online and you can learn from, what was that guy's name? Dutch Sheets. Dutch Sheets has some good things on intercessory prayer. Kenneth Hagin. Uh, look on YouTube. And, and whatever they teach you, Make sure it lines up with this Bible. But actively get your friends together, your neighbors, your loved ones, and pray. Pray yourself. But get together and pray. Because nothing's going to change in this earth. We already established that today. The first law of mention was that nothing happens in this earth unless a man speaks it. And we are the man speaks it. We're just happen to be men with a woman. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, so we are the man species, so we have the dominion. We have the authority. So if we declare it, it has to be so, according to God's word. And actually, like Miss McKenzie said, whatever you're saying anyway is happening in your own life. So make sure we're saying what God says so you'll like your results. Glory to God. Okay, so I'm going to start with uh, verse 2 in chapter 20. And I'm going to be reading a lot of scriptures stopping in between, so get your Bibles and follow along with me. I'm reading out the King James Version. All right. Then there came some to Jehoshaphat, saying, There cometh a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea, and on the sides of Syria. And behold, they be in Hezmar, which is, I don't know. And so um, Jehoshaphat feared. Okay, so he got the report from man, and he was what? Immediately afraid. He was terrified at the news he was hearing. So <coughs> because he was feared, and he, he had this, this revelation that came up. He said, I set myself, or he set himself to seek the Lord and proclaim a fast throughout all Judah. So he didn't just run and hide in a hole. He set himself to know what the mind of the Lord was about what was going on. Uh, there's armies marching on your territory. They're going to kill you <laughs> if you don't do something about it. 
So they said, okay, Lord, what do we do? That's what we've been hearing all day long is about fellowshipping with God, growing up, being mature sons and daughters of God, and not no, no more mere babies, you know, needing to be taught the basic principles of the Word of God. You can go to Hebrews, uh, I think it's chapter 5 at the end, and it talks about what the principles of God are, the foundational babyhood stuff that we should already be well-versed in as believers. And so as we grow up and we develop in our relationship with God, then we can perform what God wants with sons and daughters. Mm -hmm. Kingdom work, getting real things accomplished, not just uh, patting the poor on the hand saying, oh, I'm so sorry you're living that terrible life. Let me pray for you. Well, that ain't helping nobody. You know, get the plan of God. If they're on your heart and, and praying is not enough and he directs you to do something else, then get out there and do something. Don't just sit on our walls going, I wish I could do something. People go all the time, I want a ministry. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, you can lay hands on many people in Walmart. Six feet away. I'm just fooling. I'm just playing. But you know, you, you wherever you go, you can lay hands on the sick. You can cast out devils. You can speak in new tongues. But why are we not doing it? Because we're too busy with our everyday life. We're too busy. Well, right now the country got shut down, but before the country got shut down that we were all so shocked about. We were playing baseball and football and, and what are we gonna do going to college and what are we gonna do on our vacation? And the work of God, for the most part, for the majority of the church, was not being accomplished. We were just living our lives, you know, raising our kids, trying to make it to the end. Till we hear that, dun da da dun And then we're out of here. But, you know, God wants a fully developed believer. And he fully expects us to be that glorious church. He sees us at the finish mark. We see us way back there going, God, I don't know if I'm going to make it. <laughs> Things are looking rough. But, you know, he sees us at the finish mark. Okay. So he set himself to seek the Lord. And then he proclaimed a fast. Because he was a leader in authority in Judah, he proclaimed a fast. Judah gathered themselves together and asked help. You know, if you don't know anything else, Lord, help me. Show me. Give, reveal to me what I need to be doing in this time. You know, it's not a sin not to know. It's just a sin not to do nothing about it. You know, to sit there and act like we can't do anything. You know, you think about it. We are wall-to-wall -wall God. From the top of our heads and soles of our feet, he's living in our hearts. So we are not alone. We're not orphans. And he's not a deadbeat daddy either. And Judah gathered themselves together and asked for help of the Lord. And even out of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. And Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord. 
before the new court and said, O Lord God, our fathers, aren't thou God in heaven and rulest not over the kingdoms of the heathen? And in the hand is there not power and might that none will be able to withstand thee? So why are we afraid of riots in the street? Because we don't know that. Not in here. We may have read it. It may be up here. But we don't know it here. <laughs> As if we do it here, then we would see different results. I'm not saying that bad things will never happen. But what I'm saying is, now you ever notice like we're that guy that got killed so brutally by the police? Shortly after that, they had a water baptismal service. And people were getting dumped under the water in the name of the Lord. And they was having a revival on the street corner where that man died. Well, we can have that here. It's up to us to be the willing vessels, to be ready, willing, and let's go. Okay, so... Uh, and in thy hand there is no power, no might, none is able to withstand thee. And you notice how he's making God big in his own eyes. And you have to do that. You know, like I said earlier in the day today, most Christians think God and Satan are fighting each other. Like they're equal. They ain't no equal to it. He is stripped and brought to naught, the Bible says in Colossians. He was made an open show or naked in front of all three worlds. What he stole from the first man, Adam, got stripped away. And he no longer has that authority. The only thing he has is the right to be here till Adam's lease is up. And when his lease is up, he's out of here forever. Thank God. So, if we go with that in mind, he said in verse 7, Are thou not our God who didst drive out the inhabitants of the land? It's good to bring before God. God, I remember when you healed my body. I remember when I was in the car with my two-year-old in a seat. He was in the back seat when he normally rides in the front. And I was going down a road in 160, a highway in Hayden, and this truck lost its footing and started doing this and my mind just checked out and I just kept driving towards that truck that was out of control and what happened was it went up under the banquet and fell right where he would have been but God I remember when you spared my youngest son God you spared our lives I remember the day that my middle child got shot with a 38 snub nose revolver because he didn't listen to his mother. He went to a place he was told not to go. But God, he's alive and well and has three children today. So you have to, you have to bring that back to yourself. You have to rehearse the victories. You have to rehearse the time. That I remember when I was so depressed that I almost was willing to drive off the road. But God got that word of deliverance across me. That I could be free from that and walk in victory. You got to remember those victories that God brought you through instead of, like we were saying earlier all day, got your mind on the other one that ain't got no power, no authority, and nothing. And what are we doing? We're paying attention to something we have no business looking at. 
Our eyes are on Jesus. Our eyes are on this word. This is us right here. We're looking at Jesus. We're looking at his word and walking in the light of that word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Uh, verse 7. Art thou not our God who didst drive out the inhabitants of the land before his people Israel and gave us it to the Thy seed of Abraham, thy friend, thy covenant partner, the one who's in agreement. What's he doing? He's reminding God, you got a covenant with us. What are you going to do to take care of me and my family? You got a covenant. We Let's talk about this. What do I need to declare from your word? What do I need to do in this situation? We got a covenant that's shed in the blood of Jesus. And they dwelt therein. And have built these sanctuaries for thy name's sake. If when evil cometh on us as a sword of judgment and pestilence and famine, we stand before this house and in thy presence for thy name in thy house and cry unto thee in our affliction, and then thou will hear and help. And now, behold, the children of Moab. I mean, Ammon, Moab, and Syria, whom thou wouldest not let Israel invade. Notice that. God spared them. Gave them an opportunity. And those people squandered it. But they turned from them and destroyed them not. Behold, I say to thee, they reward us to come and cast out of thy possession which thou hast given for us an inheritance. Our God, wilt thou not judge them? See, he's casting that care over on the Lord. He's putting it over on the covenant partner. For we have no might against this great company. God, I can't do this by myself. I can't make this happen. But God, uh, neither know we what to do, but our eyes, our eyes are on you. God, there's armies coming against us, but our eyes are on you. God, they're rising in the street, but our eyes are on you. God, they're trying to turn our children against you, but our eyes are on you. They're trying to cause us to, to not be able to meet and assemble together, but our eyes are on you. So like was said earlier today, we have to know how to pray so we can go in and capture, pull out of captivity those that are captive, those people who are rioting, those people who are murdering and plundering and stealing. They're held captive by the devil at his will for whatever reason. They're in that predicament. And we can go rescue them and ourselves by acting on the covenant and praying in line with God's word. On the matter. <coughs> Hallelujah. Verse 13. And all of Judah stood before the Lord with their wives and their little ones and their children. Notice that the children weren't off in the back room somewhere. I had their babies right there with them. In verse 15, and it says, and he said, Hearken ye all of Judah and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, 
and unto thou King Jehoshaphat. Thus saith the Lord unto you, Be not afraid or dismayed, for by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but it is God. And tomorrow go ye down against them, and behold, they come up by the cliff's ear, and ye shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jezreel. And you shall not need to fight your battle, to fight in this battle. Set yourself to stand still. Now that's something the church has got to learn, is when to be still and to be quiet. Amen. Because your battle, you're not fighting flesh and blood. The people that are in your life that are causing you trouble, they're not your enemy. It's the guy that's behind them. And if you stand in the light of God's word and you declare what God says and you plead the blood over them, then God will deliver them and you as well. Hallelujah. So, um, hallelujah. You shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourself and stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. O Judah, Jerusalem, fear not. Be not dismayed. For tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. Does it mean that you're not going to have to stand there <laughs> with your enemies raging? No, that's the beauty of it. You stand there looking all good, and God is fighting your battles while you're standing there in perfect peace because your mind is stayed on Him. You're yielding to the Holy Ghost, and you're acting on the written word. Verse 18, Jehoshaphat bowed his head and his face to the ground. And Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping him. Worshiping the Lord. And the Levites and the children uh, of Kadesh and the children of and stood up and to praise the Lord of Israel with a loud voice on high. And they rose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness. Uh, and then at the end of that it says, And believe the Lord your God, and so shall you be established. Believe his prophets, and so shall you prosper. You know, back when we were talking about the offering, it's all about heart attitude. Amen. I can tell you all day long what the word of God says and how to act on it. But it's up to you to grab hold of it and to do it. And to take it as your very own. Verse 21, And when they had consulted with the people, notice, he told them, You believe the Lord God, you believe the prophets, you'll prosper. And then he told them, he said, Now what are we going to do? And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers. So they had done decided they're going to praise God. Because the battle was not theirs. The victory was theirs. The victory is ours. Because he's already won. That, and that should praise the beauty of his holiness as they went out before the army. And to say, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. And when they began to sing praises to the Lord, he sent ambushments. And that means hidden traps. They were lying in wait for them. 
against the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Zir, which were coming against Judah, and they were smitten. And for the children of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Zir and utterly to slay and destroy them. And when they had made an end of them, the inhabitants of Syria, every one helped destroy another. So they killed themselves. So not only was the other people destroyed, but also Syria. Okay, and in verse 24, And when Judah came towards the watchtower in the wilderness, and they looked into the multitude, and behold, there were dead bodies fallen to the earth. And what were they doing? His mercy endures forever. Mm -hmm. We give thanks unto the Lord because His mercy endures forever. In verse 25, And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away the spoils of them, they found among the abundance both riches with the dead bodies and precious jewels which they stripped off of themselves more than they could carry away. And they were three days in gathering the spoil. Now who in their right mind, what soldier is going to carry all the cattle they possess? All their jewels? All their possessions? Who's going to carry that? Nobody in their right mind's going to carry all that with them. Three days. Now, I don't know how many people were in his camp, you know, in Judah and Jerusalem, but that many people, a horde of people, takes three days for them to pick all that stuff up. That was a lot. And what was so awesome about it was what happened next. Uh, on the 26th day, I'm in the 26th verse. And on the fourth day, they assembled themselves in the valley of Bashir, for they were blessed and the Lord. Therefore, <laughs> the name of the same place was called the valley of Bashir unto this day. And they returned every man to Judah and Jerusalem and Jehoshaphat in the forefront of them to go again to Jerusalem with joy for the Lord had made them to rejoice over their enemies. So they were recalling and praising God for the victory that he had given them. And then they came to Jerusalem with the pastries the, and the hearts and the trumpets unto the house of the Lord. They marched into town. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. And they doing their jig all the way to town. Because of what the Lord had done. Man. They didn't do it. Glory to God. How many times have we spent just worshiping Him? Just worshiping Him. Jesus paid the total price. Everything's been paid for. But yet, we're still struggling. It's because we haven't developed in our relationship with Him to find out what he wants us to do and then go do it. Mm -hmm. And that's what it takes. Glory to God for us to get the victory that God had promised us. Glory to God. I went and went off the reservation. <laughs> that happens sometimes. 
All right, let's look in Acts chapter 4. Glory to God. Let's look in Acts chapter 4. So we'll take it over to the New Testament. We've seen an Old Testament example. How they fasted and sought the Lord. And let me say this. Fasting doesn't change God. It changes me. It's a way that God has given us to put our body and our emotions under. Whether you're fasting television, time with friends, you know, whatever it is, he tells you to fast. It don't necessarily have to be food, but it wouldn't hurt us to fast food. The key is being obedient. But fasting is a way to help us keep where we're following our spirit instead of our emotions and our bodies. Okay, and chapter 4 and verse 1 and 2. And as they spake unto the people, the priests and the captain of the temples and the Sadducees came upon them, and being grieved that they had taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead, and they laid hands on them to put them in hold, unto the next day for which was now evening time how be it uh, many of them which heard the word believed and the number of the men was 5,000 that's not counting women and children that were there but the number of men were 5,000 and even though the priest had seized them and sort of stopped the meeting uh, God was still working people were still getting saved okay so, um, let's see. Uh, we'll go down to uh, verse 7. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power and what name did you do this? Then Peter, being filled with the Holy Ghost, well, how do you stay filled with the You spend time praying in other tongues. You spend time worshiping God. You spend time in the Word of God. You know, people say, well, I'm just going through the valley. That's just crazy. You're in the valley, or you feel like you're in the valley because you haven't spent any time with the Creator, the one that has the power and the ability to put you over. Uh, then Peter, uh, being filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, you rulers and peoples and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done in the impotent man, by what means uh, he is made whole, be it known unto you that all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by both of them, this man stands before you whole, that is the stone which was set at dawn of the builders, which is become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other name, for there is none other name under heaven among men whereby we must be saved. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived, they got a revelation, that they were unlearned and ignorant men, and they marveled, and they took 
knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. And beholding uh, the man which was healed standing with them, they could say nothing. Now imagine what CNN would do <laughs> if they saw you praying for somebody in the, in the right zone and miracles happening all around that they can't explain. And God demonstrating his love and compassion towards the people there. They would say, huh, well, I wonder how they did that. You know, just like Moses in the day of Pharaoh. You know, the magicians could do a little. Come some of that stuff, they couldn't keep up. But you know what? That's what God is wanting of us today. And when we know who we are and we know who we stand and we're acting on his word, we can stand in, in, in situations like that where we could be shot, we could be murdered, and be there with all confidence and all boldness knowing that when we're obeying God, he's got our back. And that we're protected. And that the plan of God is finished and complete. Because it's not always going to be a pleasant situation when the power of God is ready to move for somebody. You know, it can be chaos all around. But you're right here with that person at this moment. And God is ready to move. Are you? Are we ready to move when God said it's time to move? So, as we uh, look at this. You see that this man standing there healed. They have nothing in which to argue with. So what's CNN going to do? Standing there watching somebody who, you know, doctors say are dying, and you pray for them, and God raises them up. Or there's one couple in the street got shot, and you go over and lay hands on them, and they get up, and the bullet comes out of them. I mean, you know, God is able to do but it's going to take things like that, in some instances, to wake people up. It's a calling card. It's to let people know that God is real. But you notice these people perceived that they had been with Jesus. Not just because of the miracle they got in their presence. And they could tell that they had been with the Master. And so as we do that, we want people to be able to know uh, Jesus just by being in our presence and go, hey, uh, how do I do this? And the more you talk to them, they become that you know God. And they need to know Him because God is working for you when He ain't been working for them. But because of just you're being at peace and you're having the answers of the moment and you're able to do what uh, is before you, as you do that, then they're going to say, okay, well, I want to know this Jesus. I mean, me and Faith has been out on the streets sometimes praying for people and some of the craziest looking folks. And God just do all kinds of things for those people because the compassion of the Lord was there. And we prayed and God did things. My friend Betty, who is now in heaven, she prayed for a guy one time in a crusade. Had a hole in his head. She said, God, I don't want to lay my hands on him. What if he's got AIDS? I don't want to lay my hands on him. She said, lay your hands on him and I'll heal it. And she said she watched that hole grow up and it was perfect skin there. 
Because she laid her hands. She obeyed. She didn't want to. Her flesh didn't want to. But because she obeyed, God performed that miracle. And everyone around was going, I want to know this Jesus, you know? So that's the kind of thing that we need to be available for. Glory to God. All right, so let's go on over in the chapter. Once they were let go, let's start in verse 23. This is an example of prayer. They're praying for wicked leaders. These people missed the visitation of the Lord because they were the, quote, word people of the day that knew the scriptures. And they missed because they didn't want to let go of their money and their position that they were having. They didn't want things to change. And that's a lot that's like a lot of us today. They didn't want things to change. Verse 23. And being let go, they went their way, went with their own company, and reported all the chief priests and elders had said unto them. And when they had heard that, lifted up their voice to God with one accord, and said, Lord, thou art God, which has made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. And by whose mouth of thy servant David has said, Why has the heathen raged and the people imagined vain things? And the kings of the earth stood up, and the rulers gathered together against the Lord and against this Christ. For of the truth against thy holy child, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, and the Gentiles, and the people of Israel gathered together. For to do whatsoever the hand of thy counsel determined for to be done. And now, Lord, their threatenings. So I want you to think about that in the light of what the government is saying, especially like in California, who's telling church people they can't sing. Who's telling them they can't go to church. They can't do this. They can't do that. We take it to the Lord in prayer. We submit to the authorities as unto the Lord. And so if we're following the Holy Ghost, we know when to go and when to stay. So we know that we need to gather together or we need to just wait. We know because we're following Him. But we don't shut down just because the government says so. He said, look, they're threatening. They're telling us not to speak no more in your name. Well, if you had a cave, the move of God would have been over. And it went back to business as usual. So what does it take? People full of the Holy Ghost, full of courage and uh, willingness to go forth. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Uh, and it says, uh, verse 29, And now the Lord, now and now, Lord, behold their threatenings, Grant unto thy servant with all boldness that we may speak the word, and by stretching forth thy hand to heal, that signs and wonders be done by the name of thy holy child Jesus. And so as we begin to develop prayer, as we begin to bring these scriptures to the Lord, our opening prayer, our opening scripture was, if we humble ourselves and pray, he will heal our land. So we go to God and we say, Father, what does your word say about who goes in office? Because we're fixing to vote. 
in this nation. The Bible says that when the righteous are in office, people live in peace. But when the wicked rule, people mourn. So if it's righteous, then it's not murdering children. Because <laughs> God is not into the murdering business. He's into the raising business. So if it's uh, something that's contrary to the word of God concerning families, and relationships, then we know that to obey God when we go to the polls is to vote for somebody righteous. But what, how do we pray? Well, we say, Father, we need righteous leaders. And those that are already in office that are not going to be removed anytime soon by legislation, Lord, if they won't submit to your will, if they won't turn, because he said he turns the heart of the king, Whichever way he wills. Uh, so if they won't turn, then Lord, remove them. Remove them out of office. But there again, you're praying by an unction. He's directing us. He's saying, okay, if they won't yield to me, if they won't bow, then we'll move them out and get someone in. I mean, supernaturally, people have died or been moved and offices refilled simply because people pray. Do we want that for them? No. We want them to all get saved. We want them to all serve Jesus. But not everybody will. And it's God's will that everybody come to the knowledge of the truth. But in reality, we have to say, okay, Holy Spirit, what do we do? Because God can only take so long in getting a long-term goal accomplished. So if someone's not willing to move, then he'll just move them out. Because we read in Chronicles where they said, don't you rule over the nations, God? Don't you rule over the heathen? So if you're ruling over them, if you're the overlord over all the nations of the earth, then you can put one up and you can put one down. So when we're praying for them, we're just saying, well, Holy Spirit, we know that these people on the Democratic Party are have a, a platform that doesn't go along with your word. So we know that because of that, we can't vote for them. But Lord, show us who's on the Republican side or on a, uh, what do they call those tickets where they're single? Independent. Lord, if there's somebody over there, according to what their voting record is and according to what uh, they have done in the past, then say, show me, Lord. Show me your candidates. Show me the men and women that we're going to put in office. Show me the policies that need to be changed. What's on the books that needs to be removed? Help me to pray. Holy Ghost is the teacher of the church. And if we'll go to him, he'll teach us how to pray. And say, now, Father, show us. We're here, and let's pray. And you get to praying, and, and you're praying in tongues, and you're praying in tongues, and then something rises up out of your heart. Okay, so we go after that, and we hit it in tongues. Or we get a scripture. Somebody in the group will say, well, what the, this scripture is the one we need to stand on. So that person will read it aloud, and we'll agree, and we'll pray in tongues on that scripture. And, and constantly work in tandem with the Holy Ghost and the Word of God, declaring in faith what He has already said. 
But there's some things we got to do by the unction. And we got to flow with Him. Like Brother Mark seeing those angels. There's angels that are sent to prosper our way. So the angels could say something to you while you're in prayer. I know one man was telling Brother Copeland one time, he saw him um, speaking to, he was speaking on stage and he said, I saw your angel. And when you would quit talking, that guy would whisper something in your ear and you just come alive and go wild in another direction. Because they're here for our good. They're helping us. They're ministers. And so as we're following the Holy Ghost and we're flowing with Him, He's able to direct our path. He's able to direct our words. And as long as what we're saying and doing don't get far out of this, then we're in a safe place. I've been in some groups that have been so far out of left field that you wonder if they knew where the ballpark was. And that's not disparaging against them. They had a heart to want to do right. They just didn't know. You know, and so they yield into things that's not God. There you go. So you know the Holy Ghost is not going to go against this word. So this is our guide, our anchor. And if we use this for the springboard to what we're fixing to do, then we're going to see change. Now, we have been given authority. And so everyone, like... Uh, Sister Melody, she has authority in Tennessee. That's where she lives. I have authority in Gunnersville and in Alabama because that's where I live. Wherever you're from, you have a, a, an authority of an area, a territory around you. And then some people have a regional area, depending on what position in the body of Christ they're called to. But when we all get together and agree on what God has already said, then everybody is in their right place. And we're saying the right things. And we're in what? One mind and one accord. We're in whose mind? We're in the mind of Christ. We're in one mind and one accord. And no matter what we feel about it, God, help us. The Democrats are going insane. You know, no, that ain't what the Bible said. The Bible said... Pray for those in authority. Okay, God, I bless those Democrats. I bless those people in authority. I bless those people that are the mayors and, and the city councilmen. Lord, I bless those policemen. Lord, I bless those lawyers. Oh, I bless those lawyers, Lord. <laughs> and just get to praying in line with this. Not in line with this, but in line with the Word. And when we pray in line with the Word, we always get the desired results. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. So you notice that when they were obeying God, even though opposition was strong, 5,000 men came to Jesus. So even though we're going to face opposition, going in knowing it, we're going to get the harvest reaped. And that's what we're after, big harvest. The big harvest. Souls. And so we're praying for the babies in Christ to grow up. We're praying for the body of Christ for everyone to be in their place and everyone to yield to their grace. And we are praying for the right people to be in office. 
And no matter who that is. And God knows the hearts of every man. And so if we are following him, it's our part to look up to see who is uh, running for office. To see who is in our slot for mayor, who is in our police chief. I mean, you can find that out on the internet. You can find out all these things. But if we don't do our part, then God doesn't have a lot to work with. So we have to do our part. We have to study. We have to find out. And then we have to pray. And then we have to say. And then we have to praise. And once we've done those things, then God can bring change to our nation and we can get results. So I challenge you to take your notebook and write down the things that are on your heart that you don't like to see about what's going on in our nation or what's going on in your town or what's going on. Say, okay, God, these things are our giants. There are armies that's coming against us. What do we do? Our eyes are on you, God, not on them. They're not our problem. You're our answer. So what do we do? And then when we do that, then revelation of the word that we've been feeding on comes up out of our heart. And we'll declare it out of our mouth and we'll see righteous city council. We'll see righteous mayors. We'll see righteous policemen. We'll see righteous uh, fire department people. And the whole earth will be filled with his glory because we are doing our part, which is to pray. Self to pray is, is just coming up under what God has already said and acting like it's true. Glory to God. Well, I'm going to close and then um, I want to lead us in prayer. Now, does anybody here have anything on their hearts that they want to pray about or address as far as our nation goes? And because um, I mentioned to you about those that are in authority. Congress, we're a uh, we're electing Congress. We have five houses, I mean five seats in the House. So if we lose those five seats, then um, it's, the Democrats will control both. So um, we need to be praying about that, uh, that the righteous be in office. Uh, and then uh, of course, about the elections, President Trump needs prayer more than ever from us. And uh, so, is there anything that God has been sharing? Um, the Attorney General Barr. Uh-huh. Um, I, I heard something. I mean, God's had him on my heart for ever since he volunteered to do this, um, to break off any assignments of the enemy and to pray that God would strengthen him because he's working on those indictments right. um, that are vast. Right. And the enemy will, you know, I mean, we want him to be bound in all of this. Okay. He cannot work. This is righteousness. It's God's wanting to, he's wanting to have righteous judgments yes. in the course of our land. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And righteous people that the iniquity, the 
Amen. Like you said, the church has been distracted. Yeah. So once we are focused, once we are praying in line with God's word and we're following the leading of the Holy Spirit, I don't see God. I see God doing amazing things. But General Barr especially has been on my heart to pray for his health, his protection, for wisdom and understanding. while you were talking was we know that that uh, occult things and witchcraft has been rampant I, I mean it's all over the television you can't hardly find anything on regular television that doesn't have something to do with that and but how deep it's running in our government and those that are in authority so we need to pray for the hidden things to continue to be exposed in a massive way before this upcoming election. I mean, that island that all those leaders went to with those 13-year-old girls was horrific. It's an abomination in the eyes of the Lord. So, you know, I just believe he's waiting on us to begin to mm -hmm. execute those. Okay. Based on that, too, I think that since we have authority in our area, I know you're not, you're not in Alabama, but Alabama, we we're, we are trying to overturn, we've got to overturn that Senate seat because he is so pro-abortion and we've got to get that. Exactly. He's, he's anti-everything I stand for. Yeah. Yeah. So we need to be. so anti-Alabama because Alabama has the strongest abortion law. And I'm like, how do we get the, the senator that is, it, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't represent our people. It was somebody's money. Well, I, yeah. I, I, I mean, they vote for their pocketbooks, what I mean to say. Well, and, and I, I had a Christian manager that he retired from, from working for us, but he would come back sometimes during the winter and our heavy season. And he told me that he, it was him and like 13,000 other people who didn't want to vote for George Moore anymore because of the slander that was right. out there. Okay, so, and I think money was behind slandering that man. Yeah. But this is a supposedly a Christian man he said, I won't go vote for him. He said, besides, that, that's not going to affect this thing anyway. Because he and a bunch of other people didn't vote. Yeah. That allowed this, um, uh, well, <laughs> allowed, allowed a man in an office that does not agree with the vast majority of them. Right. Right. It wasn't godly morals. Oh, and, er and everything. I had written him 14 dozens of, e I've never written to anybody in office before, and I've written this man a dozen emails and called his office and everything, and it is, he's, he's impervious. Yeah, well, he did promise to vote right before he went in office, but I knew his has to go by his platform. Mm -hmm. You have to go by your platform. Right. Exactly. The only person that can say different is the independents. That's right. So, if they're a Republican, they're going to go by the platform. Look it up. You know, get online and, and Google what platforms, what people stand for. I learned that when I voted for Jimmy Carter. <laughs> I thought, oh, he's a Baptist and he's a born again. Remember that wrote somebody? Yeah. It's up, my friend convinced me to vote for him, and I knew I shouldn't, but I did anyway. And then I found out what he stood for. <laughs> and and that's, that's the thing about it. You know, it's easy to sit back and let me tell you about the party 
or someone else tell you about what's going on in the political realm. But if we don't research it for ourselves and find out for ourselves, then we are severely hindered. And the will of God doesn't get done because like they said before, we're not praying, we're not interceding, and the government is a big part of what we do. I mean, God wants us to be in every mountain of influence. And government is, is certainly that. We talked about that last night. You know, I've always had that preconceived idea that a woman shouldn't be president just because of her emotional makeup. But I was reminded that, you know, we're new creatures in Christ, and if we had to do it, we could be a Deborah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. She didn't flinch, and what she did was way beyond anything most women today could do. Yeah. So, you know, it... If there's a call on God, if there's a need, God can anoint you, equip you, and cause you to fulfill it. So I'm going to start out, and whatever anybody gets, feel free to follow the Holy Spirit. And um, we're going to pray, and then when the Lord is done, then we'll uh, be dismissed. And uh, I'm just going to go back to that scripture that the Lord said. Starting out, and I'm going to pray in spirit. Feel free to walk around. And, uh, download the Cash app today. Fill out the information, and then look for Lynette Pateo, and then you're ready to give. We're so grateful for everything you do all the prayer support, financial support, and your volunteering. It's so awesome the things that God's people do for one another. And I want you to know that we love you and we pray for you every day. Write us at 45 Seaboard Road, Gunnersville, Alabama, 35976. Or call us at 1-205-451-7415. Or email us at grace at gmail.com. And remember, Jesus is Lord and great grace is on us all.